0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas, NM, and your source for latest news and notes on New Mexico United. Holy crap.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: oh, exactly. Oh, 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 man, <laughs> I apologize, folks. We, I, we, Jacob and I both have, and Earl may or may not have it up, but the uh, the Canada-Mexico match over on another screen, and Mexico is desperately trying to find an equalizer here in stoppage time. Um oh. Anyway, it is Tuesday night. We are live. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Joining me tonight, uh, we have Jacob Terrell, Earl Nieto, full house tonight. Guys, it's been a week full of news and notes from around the USL Championship. And before we get into our discussions on that, I do have one burning question for you today. In the earlier match,
1: which club had the bigger result? The US or Jamaica? I think I think going to Jamaica and getting a point is while maybe not what every fan wanted, uh, I do think it's a it's a decent result for for um for the US, sorry, this Mexico game is is crazy. We should have started <laughs> yeah. 5 minutes late so that we could finish this, but um, right. it's um uh, it's a decent result. It's obviously after the Mexico high uh the game in Cincinnati on Friday, Friday. Um mm-hmm. It, it uh it might be a letdown to some but at the end of the day we're going to finish either in first or second place uh in, in the group halfway through the qualifiers here and and i believe we have more home games than away games um on the second half of qualifiers so i i, th- I think we're going to be in pretty good shape still
0: yeah, six more qualifying matches left to go uh, as the octagonal moves on. La malediction. Thank you for joining us tonight. We appreciate you being here. And uh, yeah, that the next round of qualifying will kick off in January. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there, especially if this result here holds in this
1: match. But Whoa.
0: and I think that's it. I think the referee just blew the whistle. I could No, be not yet. Okay. Not yet. I, I, think the line, so. I think they're just celebrating.
1: I think they're just celebrating because it's pretty much done. Yeah. Well, Earl, do you
0: think do you think tonight's result was a bit of a letdown for the U.S. or do you are you happy with a point?
2: I'm happy with a point. Did you know Tom Brady has more passing yards than the Houston Texans (laughs) entire franchise? Just this season or?
1: No, I think in his lifetime. Okay.
0: (laughs) That's impressive. I did not know that.
2: Well, now you do. (laughs)
0: All right, Earl, thank you for that very early uh, interruption there. And uh, (laughs) yeah, guys, it's just been... So oh. much happened. The coaching carousel is in full effect within the USL. We know that Troy did not have his contract renewed. And this week, New Mexico United announced a coaching change. Mark Lowry left El Paso. Uh, Paul Dalglish left Miami FC. I'm sorry, the Miami FC, Earl. I do apologize.
2: Yeah, you get um, it right.
0: And so, yes, I mean, changes are, are abound. And not only did Mark Lowry leave El Paso, he went to Indy. And we're, we're going to, we're definitely going to talk about that. And, and so we've, we've seen some other changes as the season progressed. We saw uh, Orange County already make their change uh, with their new head coach. Um, And just so you guys know, I bought these, I have these books right over here behind me, Uh, you know, the modern soccer coach three and one, you know, talking about positioning and specific positions and things like that. And I have inverting the pyramid. And so if, if Mark Lowry is listening, these books are his. If he wants to borrow them, uh, he's gonna have a hard time over there in Indy. So, Coach Lowry, if you're listening, you know, feel free to reach out. We'll be happy to help you out with these books here. So, um, I mean, this this was a massive change for El Paso, and I know Harry kind of tweeted out that even in the off season that El Paso pulls bigger uh, bigger news stories than we do. And and I mean, how do you guys feel about this change? Do you feel like Mark Lowry really accomplished everything he wanted to and Why? Why Indy? Indy's not. Why would he go to Indy?
1: What's that? Hold on. Oh, this just in. El Paso is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't understand this move at all. Like, I I don't know if there was anything they could have done to keep him, but I don't know how you don't like throw a blank check at him. Uh, metaphorically speaking um, to keep him. I, I just don't understand. And so I, I was on social media a little bit um, looking at El Paso's fans reactions to it. And for the most part, they all kind of agree. I mean, they're all very sad and, and shocked to kind of see him leave. And uh, I got to say, I don't blame him. Um, there was a couple in there that said uh, his time had come. He needed to go blah, blah, blah but that kind of surprised me because uh well you 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 had 25 match unbeaten streak at home this year um you had second place in the western conference you ran away with the mountain division which i thought and i think we all thought was a pretty tough division um canada did go final uh they did pull off the win there but uh, so U.S. is now in second place. But um, Tito, in fact, uh, if that is you for La Malacion, is are you OK? Are you OK with how Mexico's playing? I want to know because because I know you're you're a Mexico fan there. And I want to you, you, you want
2: to talk about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Lay down on the couch and, and tell me how that makes you feel. Buddy. Um, but as as far as the Lowry move, yeah, I just I don't understand it at all. I could I can maybe see him wanting to go to Indianapolis instead of living in El Paso. Uh, I don't blame him there at all but uh, and i and i think i do think that indy can be better i think they they are they're a club that has shown that they are willing to spend uh a little bit they've they've had some really quality talent there uh they just haven't seemed to put it all together with with form and talent and everything meshing so so i i think i think the move automatically makes indy a better better club next year um And hopefully he takes some of these freaking El Paso players. Maybe he takes Yuma. Maybe Yuma goes to Indy. I would not mind seeing that at all.
0: Well, there is some speculation on social media that Diego Luna may be on the way out as well, based off of a post that he made over on Instagram.
1: If there's a God, please. (laughs) Would you rather, Earl, would you rather Yuma go with him or Luna go with him? Can I stick a nail in my eye and call that a good answer? No, you gotta give me one.
2: I'll take both. No, you gotta give me one. <laughs> um, you send him a bitch. You put me in a spot. Oh,
1: Canada! Sorry.
2: <laughs> I think I would rather have Yuma stay in El Paso, and wow. Luna go wow. camping in fucking Indy.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn only, to Owen Wilson here for a minute. Wow!
2: Only, wow. only, only.
1: Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs>
2: Wow. Anyways, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. You done?
1: Wow. Okay. okay. Hey, guys.
0: It's me, Steve.
1: Wow. (laughs) No. Um, Only,
2: I, I say that only because Luna can score, and that's what United doesn't need is people to score against them. Um. So yeah, if Luna takes off, I would not be heartbroken. If Yuma were to take off, I would not be heartbroken. And if Yuma and Luna both take off, I will gladly run down the streets naked.
1: <laughs> Nobody wants that at all. Not even your wife.
2: Oh, trust me, <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> oh, it sounds-, sounds like I struck a nerve there. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I just I hope he takes a couple of players with him. If not, it's it's no real big deal. But I'm now that we have our our new gaffer in place, um, I'm very, very interested to see what happens with the El Paso open coaching job. And and, uh, you know, if they if if they make a wrong move here, uh, they're. Time up on the top of the mountain. No pun, in, nah, no pun intended. Fuck it. Pun intended. Um, <laughs> it could be over. Well, let me ask this. And so
0: that your comments are bringing up two questions. for me. First of all, who
1: does this impact more, El Paso or the Eastern Conference? I I think I don't think I can answer that until I know who what El Paso does. If if El Paso goes out and signs and Ian Russell. Um, or somebody of that caliber, uh, I could see El Paso being just fine, and it, and all of a sudden you look at Louisville and Tampa Bay, and maybe you have a third team over there fighting for, for uh, the Eastern Conference Championship, which nobody has seemed to want to step up and and do uh, since we've. Since we've started following the USL, it, those two teams have have pretty much clearly been the top two teams over there. So maybe Indy and Mark Lowry can go in there and shake it up. But but until we know what El Paso does and any players that happen to leave because of this, um, I don't, I, d- I can't give you an answer that I truly believe. Earl, what do you th- what do you feel?
2: I feel like I know nothing about soccer still. <laughs> but you know el paso um i do know el paso fucked up by not keeping mark lowry um which oddly enough is also a bad boys cast member name um just in case you didn't know that
1: but you needed to throw it did you know in there uh, <laughs> but no you decided to just play i thought it was movie. mike lowry
2: mike lowry mike Mike. Yeah, it is Mike. My bad, my bad. I'm throwing out <laughs> here fake news. So good. So the more you know is better.
1: Yeah, um, one letter. One letter difference. Who cares?
2: Mike, Lowry, Mark. Actually it's two letters. <laughs> Whatever. That's okay. We we can we're not all privileged to go to Fort Sumner. Um
1: I didn't go into any school here in Fort Sumner. It was was probably worse. It was probably worse. (laughs) I went to school in Cuba. so
0: The the question was, how do you feel about this change? And and, uh,
1: who do you think it impacts more? Yeah, the the real question was, who does it impact more, El Paso or the Eastern Conference?
2: El Paso. That's probably
1: my guess, honestly. So
2: I say El Paso because the pressure is now on El Paso to try to imitate or better what Mark Lowry did for the past three years, which is a playoff team in three years. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, the pressures on El Paso to bring in someone that's going to take them to the playoffs again. I'm hoping that they drop the ball and they don't sign Ian Russell. I'm hoping that the Miami signs Ian Russell and El Paso does a boneheaded move and signs their water boy or some shit.
0: <laughs> Speaking of who El Paso might bring in, there was a there were a few comments I saw on social media saying, "What if El Paso had the cojones to bring in Troy?" Do you think that there's any any way in in any realm no. that Troy goes to El Paso?
2: No.
1: I'm not even happy that you brought this up. (laughs) Like
2: you should actually go to the bathroom and wash your mouth out with soap. Agreed. Twice. And then drink toilet water to rinse it out.
0: (laughs) Okay. But now this is not my opinion. This is something I saw on social media.
2: You must be drunk for bringing it up.
1: If that happens. I will have a very heartfelt letter to Troy. And it's, it's going to start with FEP. Okay. Um, and <laughs> then I happens. don't, I don't know what it'll say after that. It might just be FEP. Dear Troy, FEP. Love, Somos Mas. That's it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even want to think that. In fact, I'm going to change the subject just because I don't want to think that. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm i shook. I'm shook. <laughs> yep, move on.
0: Move I on, just, pep. you know,
2: like I said, as, it's on. not my opinion.
1: Nope, I don't nope, think there's any chance. Move on. Move
0: on.
2: Here's how we end this move conversation. On. Pep, move okay. on.
0: All right. Okay. All right. You, since you guys are uh, so kindly putting it that way. Um, yeah. And obviously the, the bigger news this week is that New Mexico United on Monday morning did announce their second, Ever head coach and technical director, uh promoting Zach Prince from first assistant coach to the role of head of head of head man, uh Zach Prince, guys. Head uh coach, head coach and technical director. Yep, head coach and technical director. Uh and so they I got a text late Sunday night from uh from the club saying, hey, there's gonna be an, a, a press conference tomorrow. I said, okay, I'll be there. And uh, it was down at the down at the team store, and if you haven't listened to it already, we do have the full audio from the press conference up on our feed. I'll go ahead and pop that link over in the chat so you guys can go take a listen to that uh, if you haven't already. Um, I like we actually we already at like twenty something listens to that episode to the press conference, so uh, in less than forty eight hours, so that's pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, Zach Prince was announced, came out, and um, I, honestly, like i was impressed with what he had to say and the way he ad- addressed the issues that we had this season and looking at the reaction across social media there seems to be a fair amount of positivity but there's all there are also some folks who are kind of not so sure about this hiring now i you know i wasn't. I wasn't against the the hiring. I thought that we might go for someone with a little bit more experience because obviously Zach has never been a head coach before. Um what were your Jacob what was your initial reaction to the news
1: that Zach Prince had been promoted? I think it made perfect sense to me in a family sense and mm-hmm. like a, looking at it from the the Smoltsunido side of of the team uh, it's somebody that's that's been here all three years has been instrumental in the hpp program or the hpp and and the academy and um and, and with the first team i mean when i was at I, I did go to one practice this year when they had it open for uh media day before the season started and um i was somewhat surprised at how much zach led that practice um I wasn't sure how that necessarily went behind the scenes but it was it was clearly Zach out there on the pitch going okay you need to be here and you need to be here and when the ball comes this way you need to go that way and and, and troy was was kind of just kind standing off um not doing nothing I mean he was he was coaching other players as well but it was it was mainly zach and so from that, aspect it made a lot of sense from a tactical aspect from an on the field in in matches that matter aspect i can see where people are a little apprehensive about it uh because it is a coach that was involved with a team that we all thought underperformed um so i'm gonna i'm gonna bounce it back to seth real quick with a question for him i mean i listened to the press conference too but you were there obviously um you, you might have talked to him a little bit more than than what was in the press conference i don't know um what about that interaction with him on monday kind of put your mind more at ease as when it came to the on on the field tactical stuff that we have had problems with and his his ideas or his attitude towards it. Well, and honestly, it started before the press conference even kicked
0: off. You know, he came out and made a point to go around the room because there were, there was quite a bit of local media there. You know, you had all four major stations. You had like uh, m- myself, Ken Sickinger, you know, Joe O'Neill and Sam, ha- and Sam Hauser from ESPN radio. Uh, so it was a pretty full house, you know, Walker Don, was Don, there, Don, wasn't he? No.
1: No, I thought I heard his voice in the comments. No, and he was question. not there. No. Oh, okay. Um. So yeah,
0: uh, he wasn't there, but yeah, like I said, it was, the room was pretty, pretty well full with with local media, which I thought was uh, pretty impressive. And so before it even started, like Zach came out and he took time to introduce himself to everybody in the room. You know, because uh, okay. and he said, you know, I, I want to get to know you guys on a first name basis. Uh, he goes, you guys, you know, and so that was something that, that stood out to me beforehand and then um you know just he when they sat down and pete introduced them if you again if you haven't heard heard or heard the audio yet go check it out you know pete came out gave an opening statement and then um listening to zach talk and the way he took on the questions and you know he talked about how we weren't aggressive enough this season and You know, there there were there was criticism all season long about, oh well, we're just sitting back, we're not being aggressive, we're not closing out the matches, we're not doing this, and he just addressed it head on, and he said we were not good enough, we weren't aggressive enough, we didn't close matches out, we weren't uh, confident in in the final minutes, and he 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 addressed something that we talked about too a lot on the show is giving the ball away in bad areas, and you know I kind of felt like he was alluding, especially like that one El Paso match. You know, yeah. um, but he said, yeah, it's, it's just not good enough. We weren't aggressive enough. And when asked about his play style and how he wanted to do, because this is something that, that I kind of questioned because we don't know what it, what what formation he wants to run. We don't know how he's going he's gonna to send, send guys out. But he said, we want to be aggressive in every aspect of the game. We want to come out. We want to make our opponents uncomfortable. And we want to be going forward, you know, from minute one until minute 90. And so, and while, and while I don't necessarily think that Troy like had the guys like back off, there definitely was a a lack of aggression in moments like that, where we really Mm -hmm. needed to, and we need to take advantage of opportunities to put matches out of reach. And so he was just very direct about it. And so that to me was one huge sticking point as to, okay, I, I feel like this could be, this, this could be a good hire for us and it could signal good things going forward. And, you know, he talked throughout the conference about different aspects, you know, talking about roster size and, and depth. And, you know, obviously, you know, like the injuries we had this year, Mm -hmm. he goes, he, he he alluded to, or that's a, I don't want to say alluded, but he addressed it and he said, you know, it's not like a tissue injury you know it's not, it's not like a, a superficial right. thing like these were serious injuries that you can't account for you can't plan for that's something we talked about too and so you know he like he addressed it and he's like okay you know we're gonna look at bringing guys in um you know i had other conversations after the press conference that You know, the club is looking at bringing in some other guys, you know, bringing in some 19 to 21 year old, year old guys, you know, internationals, guys that can come in and play and show us some different things. And so, you know, I think, I think, I think it was was a really great introduction to Zach. Now, again, we've got a long way to go until next season. You know, we don't even know roster moves. We haven't started Mm -hmm. announcing those yet. Like we have an idea of who's coming back. We already know, know that there are several guys under contract. Um, and so I think we have a really good place to start off from. And you know, looking at who we know is under contract, Dev is under contract, Sergio, Austin, Suggs, uh, Brucey's under contract, Austin, Cello, Cello's under contract. So there's there's this big group of guys, Amando's under contract, that are right
1: in we
0: yeah, uh, right in we hand, you know, all these guys are still under contract for at least another season, some of them two years already. So there's a very good starting point for this club going next season and you know um i did I, you know it was stated um after the fact that amando will be out until at least july so you know while we've got that we kind of know going forward okay we know guys that are are going to be here we know what we have we kind of have an idea of what we have to replace what i you know we kind of got an idea of what zach is looking for what itamar is looking for you know, and that's something else that we're gonna have to discuss too is Itamar's involvement in the scouting aspect. And you know, one of the things that that Pete brought up was that when you have the schedule the way it was this past season, you know, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, or you know, however that schedule worked out, several times, like you know, Troy in his role as you know head coach and technical director, how how much scouting time is he actually getting when you're on the road like that, or when mm-hmm. you're having to travel back and forth and prepare for matches back to back to back, and so you know, having Itamar is going to make a huge difference. And so Zach talked a lot about him and like, it just hearing the things that Zach, you know, he was just addressing head on. Like he wasn't like skirting around the issue and it just, it, it made me feel like a lot more confident in this, in this hiring. And, and so I think that, you know, as he gets talking to the players and they start making the roster decisions for guys that may or may not come back next year, there's going to be a lot to look forward to,
1: and there, there's there's so much that you just brought up that I want to touch on. But first, Earl has not had a chance to, to weigh in on the Prince hire. So, uh, Earl, what are your thoughts? <laughs> awesome. Okay, thanks. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. I'm just God, kidding. this
2: guy's a dick tonight. Um, no, I I like it. It's someone new. Yeah, he doesn't have much head coaching experience minus the three games that he's filled in for Troy. Um which is good because he doesn't have any bad habits. He can form his own habits. Um I am excited to see what it is and see what he does. Um and that's pretty much all I have.
0: I will say, you know, one thing that he he did mention and I asked him I kind of asked like a two-part question to to Pete and to him was, you know, did Pete uh, go tor- go towards the the player leadership and talk to them. He goes, and Pete said, you know, this is not a democracy. And, you know, and Zach even said that he hadn't had a chance to talk to the guys yet as far as him being in the role as head coach. But he'd had lots of conversations about, okay, what did we not do well this season? What did we do well? And what can we do better going forward? And so, you know, again, there's a lot to go forward to. And so uh, he said after the press conference yesterday that he was going to start having player meetings and talking to guys and, and taking those steps towards working towards opening day
1: 2022. Yeah. I think that, um, from, from what I heard on the press conference, from what you've talked about, uh, my own personal opinion of Zach and, 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 uh, what he's done for the club already. Uh, I, I do think it's a fantastic hire and, um, it, it may not be a, Oh my gosh! Look what New Mexico United just did—kind um, of move around the USL. But at the same time, I, I think that you know we're we're trying to do two things here, and it's it's kind of difficult to not necessarily do both of them at the same time. I think doing both of them at the same time uh, is, is definitely possible, but when you're trying to build a winning program on the pitch and build this family atmosphere in Albuquerque and the state of New Mexico, you had to be real careful on who you hired as the next coach. Um, you could have brought an Ian Russell in and I don't know Ian, so I'm not saying this is what it would have been like, but he could have been a complete asshole and he might've got results on the pitch, but not grown the Somos Unidos name and, and, um, universe what's the word i'm looking for i don't know i'll think of later the culture yeah that's not the word i was looking for but it's the same we know what i'm talking about he he might not have been able to build that off the pitch community aspect that that troy was was so so great at um so i think this does this iron does the best job of giving us a chance to produce on the field to a championship level while also guaranteeing that what we've been building for three and a half years off the pitch will continue uh, for, for Zach's reign at least. And, um, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited, definitely excited about that. And um, I hope for, for Zach's sake, Zach's sake, for the club's sake, for our fans' sake, that he, he does kind of fine tune what Troy started on as far as, on the pitch tactics and and take our results to to a little bit higher level than than what they were um obviously missing the playoffs this year was was uh, very very underwhelming and and so to make the playoffs next year and to try to make a run uh, i think that we have a chance to do that especially with what you said the you know the players that we have coming back um Itamar being in the fold here i think is It's going to, this off season is going to be very interesting to see what we do player wise. And, and we're probably going to bring in some players that we've never heard of from uh, overseas and, and hopefully be able to strike a deal with some players that, that maybe we have heard of that have been very productive and and been very good. You know, we bringing in Kalen Ryden and Amando Moreno after the season that Kalen had at RSL or Real Monarchs and, and then Armando going up to MLS for a year and getting that experience and then coming down here. I think, I think those were two very, very good and shrewd moves by Troy a couple years ago. And I think we see, we can see a little bit of that, uh, especially with Zach uh, having a relationship with a lot of players around the league, uh, having played in it for, for several years and winning a couple championships and, you know, he, he hasn't been coaching long as, as was brought up in the, the press conference there. So, I think with the Itamar and Zach, and then Peter, I know is is very, you know, gung ho about trying to win a championship here. I think, I think we're gonna have a good opportunity to build on this off season, and 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 it starts with that core. I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, Bruce coming back, I think, is massive. Um, obviously, Kalen is huge, and Wehan and Moreno. You know, those three are are probably head and shoulders above uh the rest of our our talent which is is saying a lot because i think players like brucey e and players like yearwood are 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 really freaking good um you know harry's coming back hopefully he'll be back healthy and and can contribute uh cello you mentioned or uh, in a text anyways it said cello was coming back so so i'm mean, a i mean there's just a lot of a lot of quality coming back that i think will um will be a good core to build on and and uh you know i wouldn't mind seeing him jump it up to you know 24 players um 24 first teamers with some academy players to to back it up there because injuries really did hurt us and and uh, you're not going to count on injuries year after year but i feel like it's irresponsible not to have a backup plan for them because could you imagine if we didn't bring sali and we back this year yeah. Where where would we have finished? I mean, <laughs> we might not have even been anywhere near a playoff spot if if we hand doesn't come back. So
0: yeah, those are some things that that you know I, I tried to ask about and you know Zach was pretty straightforward about. It. He said, you know, I asked him about you know having a smaller roster and you know what his plans were for rounding out the roster, trying to fill it out a little bit more. He said you know, there's not a def- there's not a set number that they're shooting for but there's a range uh, as far as number of players and you know he, and he he didn't say that you know having too large a roster mm-hmm. is not a good thing because then you have a lot of guys just sitting around not getting mm-hmm. that play time but you also don't want to have too small because then you have the same 11 guys week in and week out and that doesn't work either and so you know, they, they like I said there's there's a range and the number of players that they're gonna that they wanna have on roster, in between the academy, you know, incoming potential collegiate players, incoming, you know, transfers and you know, you know, whatever, you know, the the is that Itamar opens up for the club and and you know, Pete um in an answer to another question, uh Pete said that, you know, there's there's discussions, you know, between Zach and the ownership group and, and Peter and and Itamar about potential signings and players and that ultimately the final decision falls to Zach. And so if if, if Zach says, this is a guy that we need that's going to be a difference maker for us. Let's bring him in. Then obviously there, you know, Peter's willing to spend the money Mm -hmm. to, to get it, to go out and get these players. If Zach says, Hey, we need this guy. This guy is going to be a difference maker for us. And so that's something that we really didn't hear the first two seasons, you know, from, from Troy or Pete, you know, talking about that aspect of it. And so to hear that Pete, you know, is willing to go out and spend the money to bring in players that, that we, f- that, that Zach feels is uh, someone that's going to benefit the club and be a, a, a fit for the club and what we want to do that they're willing to go out and get them, which I think is great to hear.
1: Earl Um, with, with the players that we know are coming back, um well with the players let me rephrase that sorry three two one with the players that we aren't sure if they're coming back is there one or two that stick out to you as as we we really need to bring them back uh <coughs> so you're looking at names like tete uh hamilton guzman uh azira Tanari, najim um schmidt
2: Okay, so I have a, and I was trying to do some quick scribbling over here. Um, I have a list of people that we don't know about, and actually, I think we know about one already. Brian Brown should be coming back.
0: Yeah, he'll be coming back uh, at the end of the loan, uh, which is yeah, the 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 end of started, the, the end of the season, right season is November thirtieth. Yeah, so yeah.
2: Okay. So with that, we have Illich, Schmidt, uh, Hamilton, Tenari, Najem, Tete, Guzman, and Azira. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anyone?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I think you can throw Phil and Alex on that list because I don't know what Alex's contract status is. I don't know what Phil's e- is either. I mean, I would assume that Alex is coming back, but...
2: Okay, so... Jacob, to answer your question, someone in the
1: midfield. Um, is it a three initial name? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no, okay.
2: I'm thinking either Tanari or Najim. Um just because well, Najem when he re signed on with us, it was a huge difference in the midfield.
1: Um, I'm gonna go with Najim i i like najim and i and i i would not mind bringing him back uh i just want bruce to play over him and i feel like at first when we first got najim back troy was like ooh a new toy that was an old toy but he he played najim over bruce for a good chunk of games there when najim first came back and i was not happy with it especially with the way bruce has played this year so but troy's not there to make those decisions anymore we don't know what Zach prefers, so um, so I'd be okay with Najim coming back. Uh, really, the majority of them I'd be okay with coming back, um, assuming they play in the role that I would like them to play. So, like, I wouldn't mind Guzman coming back if he was a spot starter, you know, twenty minute bench player when he wasn't starting. Um, See, I wouldn't have- mind Guzman coming back either it feels like the water boy oh okay, okay. <laughs> there he, there's the caveat right. um you know azira i think uh was a great leader uh he did great things on and off the pitch there um in a lot of ways he i mean he did make some mistakes that we we've pointed out throughout the season and stuff but but he he was never signed to be uh, hey mike go out there and give me a full 90 for four matches in a row that wasn't that wasn't why he was brought in so i wouldn't mind him coming back i i think the biggest names on there though are obviously alex um un- unless cody can comes back he he hasn't gotten a whole lot of uh opportunity up there yeah i know but um you know he, he posted though playoff time he was out there practicing um i, I think he's having a good time up there but I wouldn't wouldn't mind him coming back and 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 getting an, another shot to show MLS teams that he is worth, you know, a, a second place or a, a second spot on the depth chart at least. I think NYCFC has has a pretty loaded uh uh netminder room there, so maybe he comes back and <clears throat> and can prove himself again and then get another shot there, but um oh, you know quick sidebar i would not mind seeing ketter go to indy um whatsoever but anyways i digress um and then i think tete man um he was instrumental in the second half of the season defensively for us um i think him and austin were two of the best one-on-one defenders uh definitely the two best that we have on united and and two of the best that I've seen in the USL in a while. I mean, it felt like no matter what kind of quality was going up against him, if they were in a one on one situation and in possession, in position, um, and not, you know, trying to play catch up or something, if they were in, in position to start when that opposing player got the ball, they shut him down 99 times out of 100, I felt like. So I, I, I think Tete and and Alex are the two biggest names to me that we need to bring back and schmidt um he he was better this year in the role that he was asked to play this year i think if he's your number one center back um we might be in trouble but with right in there and if we can bring tete and Euro back i think our defense will be top notch again
0: yeah for me i'd have to go tete and alex just because again we don't know alex's contract status and- And uh, yeah, Tete had a tremendous season. Uh, I would love to see him back and uh, getting, I think he would, I think, I think if Schmidt does go, which I think is a very real possibility. I mean, you look at that that back three or at least, you know, that, that core of that center back. And really you could, you could probably slide Austin out to, you know, right back and then put Josh at left, you know, Josh at left back if you wanted to, or put Sam over at left back. You know, I, I think, you know, between Tete, Ryden, Yearwood, and uh, you know, say say Sam, like yeah, that's a pretty good back four.
1: You know, but is, is Sam is is under contract or is not? We I don't know that okay. I don't know. So uh, so Sam is another one that I think uh, a fully healthy Sam Hamilton and the versatility that he brings, being able to play a defensive midfield, being able to play a a center back, being able to play on a wing, um, or whether that be. Um, uh, a left wing back or right wing back, whichever one. I I think he's he's versatile and good enough to play any of those positions, and we've seen him be uh, somewhat of a threat on set pieces, uh, coming up in scoring. So I I I really like Sam, and and he he's kind of forgotten because you know he didn't play for for you know three quarters of the season, but he is he is somebody that I would maybe probably wouldn't put him above Alex or Tete, but I would have him, him and Tete, Schmidt, Hamilton, and Alex are, are four, are are clearly the four on top of that list, I will say. So Earl, if you're Zach Prince,
0: you're going into player meetings, what's your message to the, to the team? Do you, or, you know, do you address the team as a whole to begin with, or do you address the, you know, the the leadership of the team, like, you know, say bees and Dev and what do you say to those guys
2: i think to start off before he even has a meeting with with the team he has to talk to the leadership he has to talk to Suggs and dev and and bees um shit, i'd probably even throw in writing in that mix yeah, um just to at least gain their trust and let them know hey look this is what i'm looking for this is where i'm going um and that way the team leadership can preach that same message to get everyone else sold in and bought in on on what Zach has going
1: I don't I don't think there's going to be a lot of I don't think there's gonna be a lot of convincing, convincing needed to yeah. be
2: done I'm pretty sure that's kind of why Troy or uh Peter went with Zach is because the team already knows who Zach is and what they have going um so I don't think there's much convincing that needs to be done but there might be a little bit because now Zach's the guy and he's not like the, the sub. Um, crap, I have my oh.
0: So one of the things that got that, that got asked and I, I really wanted to go in depth with it with Peter was the, the coaching search this time around, you know, compared to the first time and, and Joe O'Neill from the station tried to kind of get an answer out of Pete about it. And, it sound from the answer that Pete gave, there was outside interest in this position. The the club was fielding interest from from, from folks from outside uh basically, you know, probably what we know, Pete you know, Pete obviously didn't elaborate on on anyone in particular, but you know, he he did mention they were receiving DMs and, and calls and things like that. And and so how much of this do you think? Um, let me re- let me rephrase that. How much How much do you think Pete actually entertained those compared to when he sat down with Zach and and interviewed
1: him? I don't know if you directed that at any one particular person. Just but, I'm just throwing it all. I'll hop out there and say uh, not a lot. Um, I don't believe. Um, I, I don't think there would have been a name out there, barring like a uh, we, we talked about two coaches from the Unless, what the heck who was it it was luchi gonzalez and uh tab ramos yeah um if if one of those two were to reach out to us maybe he would have given it second thought but i think out of the the realistic names that i think might have been asking um unless lowry reached out uh i i there's, there's probably not a chance in hell that that happened, but unless he did, no USL caliber coach, I'd, I think, had a chance. Um, I, I, it, it goes back to the whole building a family and building a, a, a winning club. Uh, Zach gives us the best chance to do both of those things. And unless there was somebody out there that Peter had had interactions with in the last three years and, and really made a good impression on Peter. I, I don't think Peter really gave anybody else a chance to make that impression if he didn't already have one, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It does. And, and yeah, I really don't think that there were any serious conversations. Uh, I don't think there were any serious conversations with anyone based off what Pete said. And so it really kind of just sounded like it to me, I got the impression that the conversation with Zach had kind of started a little bit earlier. Yeah. And like, because it really hasn't been that long since Troy opted to not renew his contract.
1: It's been a week and two days is yeah. when they announced the when they announced the press conference and that they were going to announce something that next morning. It was a week and two days. So I, I I do agree that I feel like this has been maybe not set in stone, but they were already in advance talks by maybe not the day Troy left, but a couple of days after that, it was. It was almost a done deal. But we talked last last week, um, Aaron Montoya in Sounds the chat like, last yeah. week, I believe. Um, if I got that wrong, Aaron, I apologize. But um, he mentioned, should we keep an eye out on Kevon Freighter? Um, with with Zach being the the new coach here, I want to ask you two names. Obviously, Kevon is one of them. Uh, but I don't know if you guys saw that uh, Rising FC, uh, Santi, <clears throat> Phoenix announced their initial roster moves, and Santi is not one of them. Now they did say that they were in talks with players from this year to bring back, and those will be announced when when deals are finalized. and And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to Phoenix. But would either would both of you be open to those two moves? Are they something that that uh? we should definitely like pursue hard or, or should it be something that if, if the, either of them come back, we should entertain it at the very least. So
2: I'll go first, Seth. So yes, I think we should pursue them. Um, Either one of them, whether it be Kavan or Santi. Um, And if neither one of those fall through and they both go back to their respective clubs, which is, wherever Kavan's at these days and Phoenix um I would not mind pursuing Solomon Asante. Get the fuck out. I, I, I knew something <laughs> someone's gonna say that, but I mean he's proven to score
1: goals. He so so Asante I believe is 32. Um I could be wrong. I am 32 um god you're fucking old i am uh, not as old as seth though so i got that going for me which is nice um he fell off 31 31 okay he fell off dramatically um the last 13 14 matches of the season until the playoff match he performed well in the playoff match but um, when you when you factor in how much he's probably going to be asking for his age, and then the fact that it's Solomon fucking Asante, uh, the king of all flopping fish, even greater than Yuma. Uh, I don't want to watch that. I don't so, want to. I don't want to root for that. So, so I understand. I understand so, where you're coming from, and I, out, I like the time results. Time out. Time out. Just time out. Time
2: out. Time from. out there. Time out there. Harambe. Um, throwback. If New Mexico were to sign Asante, would you root for him?
1: Well, I would have to, because I don't root for players. I root for Laundry. Um, but I I wouldn't be – it's not a signing that I would – well, man, that's a tough spot, because I think I would be excited about it just because it would be a huge FU to Phoenix from Asante, I think. and And then he is a quality player, but three matches in – when I see him flop and not get the call. Cause he wasn't getting the call in those 14 matches to end the season. And that's why he wasn't as, as, as productive because he, he was going down like he always does and, and actually not getting the call. So it wasn't leading to things. It was leading to turnovers and, and it was just super frustrating to watch. So I, I think I would be excited initially. leery, but excited. And then three matches in, I'd be like, son of a bitch. Like, Stay on your freaking feet and go. Because I say that to some of our players, and they're not nearly as bad as Sante was, was. I'm pretty sure you said the same thing about uh, Kevon. At times. But but part of it with Kevon is Kevon was a big, strong dude. Like, he didn't need that to be part of his game. Right. Asante needs that to be part of his game because if he gets bodied, he he's freaking tiny. He's he, Bruce is our smallest player, and I think Bruce probably outweighs him by fifty pounds. Like, so Asante has to have that. Kavan was frustrating because he he would go down when he didn't need to, and but he even he didn't do it nearly as much as Asante does. And and Kavan, I mean Kavan had a lot of flaws uh at times. He he seemed lackadaisical at times, he didn't make smart runs at times, he, he ran early a lot, he was offside a lot. And I get that there's positive things that can come from from a, a forward playing right on the line. You know, he sometimes he gets caught offside, sometimes he doesn't. Um But at the end of the day, our offense was so much better when we had San... Santi Santi? Yes. Santi and Kavan, uh than it has been in the last two years. And I think if you were to take the Weehan that we have now, and Amondo, and Santi, and Kavon, and you play those the Santi, Amondo, Kavan up top with Weehan right behind Kavon, that's that's freaking scary. Guys, we can't go back to 2019.
0: We just can't. But I mean, but we, but we, we went we 2019 light.
2: We went 2019 light this past season.
0: But know yeah. we did. And bees, uh, you know, we haven't mentioned bees was the was the club MVP. You know, and I there were some good things about bringing back the players that we did, but I don't think if I had to pick between Santi and Kavan, I take Santi over Kavan any day of the week. And give me another striker. But I I don't think that getting the entire band back together is going to solve the problem.
1: But it's not (laughs) the entire band. The problem with the 2019 team was the defense. The defense was freaking atrocious. And so if you take the offense from from 2019 and part of 2020, if you have a fully healthy Amondo, you got Rivas... Which wasn't from twenty twenty, I know, but Rivas from this last year, Amando from twenty twenty, the two from the inaugural season, and then Wehan, who's been here the whole time. Then you have Dev, and you sign another striker. Maybe you bring back Illich. Um, maybe Brian Brown turns into something, um, which is a long shot. He's not even playing for Oakland. He wasn't even playing for Oakland really. So, so we'll have to see there. But, but if if you can. You know, as much as we shit on Santi for leaving and as much as we shit on him for saying to force him to go left instead of being able to cut back to that right foot, you can say that all you want. He's proven time and time again that even if you know the scouting report, he can get to that right foot, not necessarily at will, but more often than not. And if you have that, you have a Mondo you have Kavan, you have Wehan. That is the making of a fantastic offense. And if you pair that with the defensive qualities that we have now, as opposed to in 2019, you have something that can go on a deep playoff run. Now, it might not have to be Santi and Kavan. I'm just using those two as examples because we know what they're capable of. We have seen them score in this league we've seen them score in the black and yellow. So if you can find two other players like that to pair with Weehan and a Moreno, and then hopefully Dev can come back healthy after this clotting issue. And then you have Bruce and Harry and Suggs and Najim to a lesser extent on the wings. You have a club that can attack like Zach Prince said he wanted to. I mean, that that would be a scary freaking attack and then if you have austin Raiden, and tete in the back to clean up anything that comes on the counter or anything that leaks through i mean you you it's it's scary the only problem that i have with santi and cavan and amando all on the pitch at the same time is they give you nothing defensively on set pieces it, i mean it, it it's a problem but if we want to attack and we want to be aggressive those are the kinds of moves we're going to have to make this off season. And I don't, I personally don't see either of them coming back. I mean, we just wasted 20 minutes of this conversation um, for me to say that, but you need people like that, that can perform and produce. And if it was them, I would not be upset whatsoever. If it was one of them, either of them or both of them, I would not be upset whatsoever.
0: Yeah, so a lot of decisions ahead for Zach Prince, and you know, uh, I don't know, man. It, it's going to be an interesting offseason. We know clubs are already making moves, announcing who is announcing some players are coming back. Atlanta United had uh, Atlanta United two has announced some of the players that they are cutting or releasing or not uh, exercising their options on. Sacramento has made They're, some moves. Rising has made some moves.
1: Sorry, is 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 uh Atl Utd two? I just like saying that. Um are they are they in the USL championship next year or are they one of the clubs leaving?
0: As far as I know, they're leaving, but I don't think we've seen a definite list okay. on who's leaving and, next season and in 2023. Then why did you bring them up? I'm just talking about you, know, clubs that are you know, uh, clubs are already announcing postseason roster moves. And so, you know, I just to say you know, we're gonna be seeing a lot of stuff coming up over the next few months. And and so yeah, you know, clubs are already making moves and um you know, if you're I got one more question for you guys. Earl, if you're Zach Prince, aside from sitting down and talking with the current roster, what is your number one priority this offseason?
2: Uh, see, I've never been a head coach of anything, so I could not tell you. Um, so if it were to be my guess is re-signing some of the players from 2021.
1: Okay, Jacob. I think, I think that's probably where you start um you see how talks go there you try to get some of that defense to come back um and then outside of of players that we currently uh know of as far as this 2021 roster um you if he wants to play an attacking style we need some attacking players to come back um and and we need some quality up top so it maybe he thinks brian brown can be something um i've I freaking hope so. I hope that I'm just a year late on the Brian Brown train, but uh, from what we've seen, obviously it, it it doesn't look great. So, so you got to bring back somebody up top and, and to play a, a wing opposite Moreno, in my opinion, to uh, to get the goals and, and to be a scary offensive team. Um, so, I I think my first call, if if he doesn't get resigned. Uh, by rising, I think my first call is probably Santi. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean that could go Santi going, yeah, no, thanks. Uh, and then you move on. But, but I think that's the first thing you try. Yeah.
0: There's probably a laundry list of things for, for coach Prince to, to get accomplished in this off season and looking ahead, because we know that the season is mere months away. Um, with, with any luck, we will be back to a normal schedule next season. And yeah, there's a lot. I mean, yeah, I think number one, you you look at the players that you have that are not under contract currently, and you have to make the decision on that first and foremost. And then you look at. You know, do you have any Academy kids ready to come up and start maybe playing full time, you know, and then looking at those scouting reports, trying to bring in, you know, do we bring in some more international players? Do we bring in collegiate guys? You know, there's a, there's a lot to take in, but I think, I think the number one priority is, you know, talking to the club, getting the, getting the leaders on board and ready to go and just move forward from there, you know, try to look for those pieces that we need.
1: I'm assuming that's probably already dead. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that the moment Suggs and Dev and Wehan all heard about this, they were clapping um, and celebrating. It could be wrong, but but from what we know of this this team and how close they were, and with Zach being such an important part of it the last three years, uh, I think especially those three year players and like Wehan, Suggs, Dev, uh, Bruce, I, I think they're all going to be be thrilled about it, but. I think that, you know, we we sit here and think, oh, okay, well, what about this player? What about this player? And and in reality, our list is probably like, what, twenty five names tops, mm-hmm. including the players that we have to re sign from our club last year, and their list is probably two hundred and fifty, uh, especially bringing Inamar into the fold and having international presence a little bit more and and whatnot. I mean, you got you got a lot of names out there that that they got to comb through and, and rank and, and see, you know, who's, who's willing to come, what price they wanting, what price they value them at. I mean, it, there's gotta be so much into it. And, and I think kind of an underrated part of this is, you know, we talk about, I talked about how Troy, Troy kind of sat back at practice and, you know, Troy's got, you know, as technical director, you've got all these other hats that you've got to wear i i hope that that zach can bring in a a second assistant or or if brandon's going to be that second assistant and i hope whoever whoever comes to fill zach's position now uh is is as good at his position as he was and and it's it's going to be a fun off season i i kind of love the silly season um i mean i I like learning about new players. I like seeing if we can get players that I know uh, that aren't from our club. I like to see who's coming back. Um, You know, I like the, the whole theatrics of a schedule reveal and and stuff like that. So while I'm disappointed we're not still playing, I am excited that it is it is time to get these announcements and and see what's going on. Speaking of clubs
0: that are still playing, there were some USL championship uh, playoff matches this past weekend. Uh, Jacob, you and I talked about these last week, and Orange County did defeat Oakland in penalties. San Antonio topped RGV by a final of 3-1. Tampa Bay Rowdies uh, beat Birmingham 1-0, and Lou City beat Charlotte 1-0 as well. Uh, Earl, first question here is to you, how does it feel to have a busted bracket? And do you regret picking San Diego?
2: How does it feel to have a busted bracket? You see, I suck at picking brackets even in March. So nothing changes in fucking November. <laughs> um so do I pick do I regret picking San Diego? No, because the people that picked Phoenix and El Paso are in the same fucking boat as I am. So no, I don't regret anything. And I'm pretty much just getting used to March happening right away.
0: No regrets, right? No regrets. <laughs> uh, you know, we were, Jerry didn't pop in the show last week. I know we did record on Thursday. Jerry, Jerry's been fucking silent. Dude. Yes. Yes, <laughs> he has. And so has most of the, uh, the Phoenix rising supporters. They've been pretty silent as well. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been interesting and, and the memes have been flowing. And so I think, uh, all but one of the Copa Tejas teams is now like sitting at home watching, uh, watching the playoffs, and so, yeah, conference finals are this weekend. Um, Orange County, San Antonio. I believe this match is actually in Orange County. Um yes. So looking at this one, I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. I, uh, I know which way I'm leaning, but after seeing the
1: matches this weekend, Jacob, who's your pick? Uh, San Antonio, Orange County. Uh, it's 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 still San Diego or not San Diego? Uh, sorry, I, uh, Freud didn't slip there, making fun of Earl. Um, it's it's still San Antonio for me. Uh, they I watched both of those matches last weekend, and and Orange County is beyond lucky to get out of there. Um, I thought Oakland was was, I won't say the better side, but I mean it was right down the middle. Um, they were both both right there neck and neck, and, and it came down to a PK shootout, which, you know, are kind of a coin toss, and and I'm very upset because I had a chance to go 4-4-4, four four, uh, and it came down to penalties, and Oakland kind of let me down, but um, they they have not impressed me, even though they've won twice, and meanwhile, San Antonio just looks to be clicking, and uh, <clears throat> the only thing about that is that I watched San Antonio play, and I thought, how in the fuck am I rooting for these guys? I, I hate some of their players just as much as I won't say just as much as I hate El Paso players, but but they're up there. They they annoyed the crap out of me several times. So um my head says San Antonio, my heart might say Orange County. Earl, who you got in this matchup?
2: So we've we've all seen that when I pick a team, the opposite team wins. Okay. So Orange County. Okay. <laughs>
0: um yeah I watch this and I, and I see that San Antonio is a club that plays well on the road uh, like you said they're clicking they seem to be peaking at, at the exact right time and and I, they've really turned around where they were at earlier in the season they got healthy they got some players back got some guys performing and and I think this is going to be a tough one to Orange County to walk away with um so I would go San Antonio and then uh, on the over on the Eastern Conference side Tampa Bay and Lou City, both number one seeds and I believe this one it's is in, in Tampa. It's in Tampa. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't quite I couldn't remember where that was gonna be. So um that's interesting. That's gonna be an interesting one. Uh who you guys got coming
1: out of the East? Again, I watched um most of both of those matches and uh, I mean they win by the same same score line. But Tampa looked way more impressive to me. Um and so you you factor in <clears throat> factor in that plus the uh, home field advantage there for tampa bay and and I, I gotta give it to the rowdies. All right, Earl.
2: Jacob said a whole lot for him to mispronounce Lu City. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I think it that's your pick then, lu City. All right. Um, My only concern with that is that loose city on the road has not been very good this year. They are six, five and five and Tampa Bay is 14, two and one at home. So um, I have loose city winning this whole thing and I'm going to stick with it. I think loose city finds a way to beat Tampa this weekend to face off against San Antonio. And uh, since we're not going to be here this weekend, our next one's not going to be here next week. Who's your champion guys?
2: Tampa. Tampa. All right, Earl. Well, I can't say Tampa because I have loose city beating them. So okay. loose city. All
0: right. Yeah, I've got loose city I, just, I can't turn my back on them. And, you know, I'm one of the, one of, I think eight or 11 folks still remaining in uh USL ponies, uh pick them or survivor pool over on Twitter. So um, I took orange County in the last round. And I took, I actually took Tampa Bay in the first round. So, uh i am hoping for i'm gonna, i'm hoping for san antonio and lucy to pull this out and then i got lou over tampa or lou over uh, san antonio in the final so that's where i'm at and uh the usl championship final is gonna be a lot of fun to watch um i will be out of town hopefully i'll be able to watch that one while i'm out but uh when but is the, the final the 28th i believe oh shit
1: don't be the 28th
0: that's uh, i think it's that sunday right let me double check I got the website pulled up here. Yeah, the 28th at 8:30 p.m.
1: Oh, well, I will not be watching it live at least. <laughs> that is our our anniversary dinner at Top of the Top of the World at the Top of the Stratosphere in Las Vegas. We will be there. That is 8:30 Eastern I time. Yeah. So, so if that's the case, then it will be 5:30 over there. Oh, I yeah. Our point. I don't think we, we go till seven. So maybe I can sneak a little bit of my phone. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I will eventually watch it and, and I will have uh, some comments um, when we get back. And um, yeah, I think if that's how you played your survivor pool, I think, I think a San Antonio pick this weekend and then a Louisville pick next weekend. Or can you pick Tampa Bay if, if Tampa Bay wins? No, you can only pick each team once. And you already picked Tampa Bay. I already picked Tampa. Yeah. So if you pick San Antonio now and then it's San Antonio and Tampa Bay, you're screwed, huh? Yeah. Well, that sucks. You better hope Louisville wins then. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: yeah. I hope him for that. But yeah, no, it's um it's been a fun season. It really has been. I think these are some of the best teams in the USL, uh, especially here towards the end of the season. And so the, the final three matches of the season are gonna be fantastic to watch. Um and before we do get out of here out of here tonight. I do have one more thing with you guys. Uh NFL Pick 'em update. You so would. this week <laughs> everybody was on fire this week. Uh even uh even Tyler was had a couple off weeks. Uh our questions this week, Raiders Chiefs over under fifty two points. Wait, wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. You said Raiders chefs.
0: I did. Stupid autocorrect. Uh, Raiders chefs over under 52, uh, which was pulled from the ESPN website. Everybody took the over except for Jacob for some reason. Uh, Jacob took the under, so everyone except for Jacob picks up a point. Sucker. Uh, better completion percentage, uh, Patrick Mahomes or Derek Carr. This one ended up being a lot friggin' closer than uh, than what I expected. Derek Carr had like a 71.24% completion percentage, and Pat Mahomes was ex- dead on 70%. So uh, everybody except for Tyler took Derek Carr. Uh, so everyone pe- except for Tyler picked up a point there. Uh, more tackles on the night. Uh, Perryman or Bolton, everyone except for Tyler took Perryman. So we all pick up a point except for Tyler. More receiving yards. Everyone took Cooper <laughs>
1: Cup except for me. Because that, that uh, was a, what? You. <laughs> That was the What's dumbest the question. You? That was the dumbest question you'd asked. Uh, and what did what did he finish with? Like twenty two and come finished with eight, eighteen yards. Yeah, yeah. I thought OBJ was gonna have a much bigger
0: night, and he had an op- he had an opportunity for a much bigger night too, um, but it didn't happen. So everyone except for me picks up a point there. Uh, Debo Samuel would he get more than eleven targets? Uh, everyone except for Earl took the under here. Earl went Earl took the over so everyone except for Earl picked up a point point. Ah, and then uh, the bonus question the bonus question here was would OBJ uh, get more than three punt returns because there were a lot of articles that came out stating that the Rams were looking at using OBJ on punt returns so I thought this would be an interesting one here everybody took the under everyone picked up two points so for the week Jacob myself and Earl all picked up six points Tyler picked up five Uh, Current standings in last place, Tyler with 36 points. Third place, Jacob with 38. Second place, Earl with 41. And myself in first with 43.
1: So that's where we stand through 10 weeks. This game Uh, is rigged. (laughs) I just want to say to the fans out there that until this week, Seth was not sending us what he picked. So I... I'm not saying he cheated, (laughs) but I'm saying he cheated.
2: Once again, this game's rigged. I'm
1: saying he was sending him to begin with and I was winning. And then he stopped sending him. And now all of a sudden he's winning. Um, Earl and I were tied for last for like
0: four weeks in a row. Then me and Earl both went on a hot streak.
1: Yeah, because you stopped (laughs) sending us your picks.
0: (laughs) You and Tyler having off weeks did not help either. So,
1: no, it did not. But I see. I'm just saying. I didn't see any any answers for like three weeks, and those are the three weeks that all of a sudden you took the lead.
0: There is no collusion. There is no cheating whatsoever going on in this. Uh, If there was, I would remove myself immediately. Don't don't you think a
1: cheater would say that?
2: (laughs) I mean, I've heard it before in January.
1: Fair enough. I think that was a shot at Tom Brady, but I don't fucking know. So <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> ignore it. All right, sure, so, we'll go with that. So
0: uh I'll get questions out to you guys either tomorrow or Thursday, uh, for this weekend's games. And uh yeah, I think it's I think that's gonna do it, you know. The new era of New Mexico United is underway. Zach Prince at the helm now. And we
2: are uh, still waiting on our uh our our season long lineup game that we played with Jacob.
1: Yeah, so that's, that is that's true. That's probably not going to happen. I'm just going to buy you guys two beers. Um, and <laughs> Speaking
2: of <laughs> which, you already owe me a beer. So and, what, and
1: I know I do, but I can't remember what we bet on that I owe you. Um,
2: we we took a gamble on my fantasy league, which I'm sucking by the way. Oh, lost I lost two yeah, in a row. That one, yeah. Was that one um, on who would be better, Pat Mahomes or Baker Mayfield? Keep yeah, in I, mind,
1: turns out I was wrong by a week. This is Baker week, Mayfield
2: I, is also playing with a fucked up shoulder still.
1: Okay, but this week, it, that was not the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two yeah. weeks ago that we talked about it. I could have definitely
2: used those six extra points. <laughs> you said you would have lost anyways. I would have been nicer. <laughs> you still would have lost, though. I would have st- still been in first place because of my points gained.
1: By six points? Come on, Earl. Yeah. Okay. If now, you I'm say in, so. now I'm in third place. <laughs> okay. Anyways, nobody wants to hear about any of our fantasy teams. Despite (laughs) the fact that I really want to talk about mine, I'm going to not. No one wants to hear about Jacob's fantasies. Exactly. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so yeah, I I will. um, Last I checked, it was basically we were all within two points. Um, Granted, there was a lot of games (laughs) after that. So I'm just going to give it to, to both of you because okay. I, I really don't want to go back and do all the math.
2: So I'm in another conundrum. Okay. Patrick Mahomes against Dallas's defense.
1: Oh, it's, it, the answer is Mahomes.
2: Baker Mayfield versus Detroit's defense. Baker. <laughs> or Aaron Rodgers against Minnesota's defense.
1: Baker. <laughs> How the, <laughs> do you have those three quarterbacks? Why do you have those three quarterbacks?
2: Look, because Aaron Rodgers went down on COVID, so I okay. had to pick up a second one.
1: Okay. Well, you had Mahomes. Yeah, who sucked a fucking egg. Okay. Timeout. Timeout. Who... I, I really want to know. This is, the, this is the only fantasy talk that we're going to do, but I want to know who your running backs are, who your top two running backs, and your top two wide receivers are in that league. So... My running backs... Yeah, that's what I asked.
2: Zeke Elliott... Okay. James Connor. Okay. My wide receivers, Hunter Renfro, Adam okay. Thielen. Okay. And then my flex wide receiver is Cole Beasley. Okay. My tight end is Dallas Goddard.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, my kicker is Ryan Sutton.
1: I, I don't give two shits about your kicker and your defense. And my defense is your Bucks. Okay. I still don't give two shits about your defense and your kicker. Don't you think you could have maybe used a pick after Mahomes or Rodgers on, on a different running back? Um,
2: Yes, and I did. I had Melvin Gordon.
1: That's still not.
2: Who's on a bye week this week.
1: Okay. Anyways, we're not. Maybe you should blame yourself for drafting three quarterbacks. I didn't way.
2: draft three quarterbacks. I drafted one quarterback and then picked up the other two on waiver wires.
1: How did you pick up Rogers on waivers? I
2: don't know. Cause no one thought he'd be fucking playing this year.
1: <laughs> I'm fucking baffled by it. Oh, you're, this is an internet last minute league, huh? You're playing with a bunch of robots. That's Aaron Rodgers is a top five QB. Why would nobody draft him?
2: I'm actually playing against a bunch of real people. And this was the like last minute league. That I hopped in Yeah, I and know. drafted during podcast.
1: But it's it's real people that you don't know, that probably were just like, oh yeah, fine, I'll join this league. It's it's exactly bogus league is what I'm t- getting at there. Anyways, enough fantasy talk. <clears throat> um, I will, I will regain my lead in the NFL. pickum We still have eight weeks left. As weird as that sounds, we still have eight weeks left. Um, and uh, yeah, I will I will buy you guys a few beers. We'll leave it at that uh anything left ad united related or usl related at least earl nope seth nope okay i can't get out of this episode without saying this phrase that i've seen all over social media um no i wish i wish that was all over social media because it is true but uh the prince has become king um which i scoffed at the first time i heard it and now I kind of like it. So, um, congratulations to Zach Prince. Um, uh I I expect big things this season this off season especially and and uh, like Seth uh, alluded to, we will not be here next Tuesday. Uh it is right before Thanksgiving. We're going to take that week off and then we will be back the following week. I'm going to discuss not doing it on Tuesday cuz that's the day that I get back uh, from Vegas, but um we can figure that out at a later date. So, Keep an eye out on our social media, and we'll have an exact date and time for you for that following week. And uh, unless something major happens, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And somos you nos. You've been listening
0: to Somos Nos, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and weekly discussions from around the world of sports. Each episode is recorded live on Tuesday nights on our YouTube channel and goes live on podcast platforms around the world later in the week. Our show is written and produced by Seth Madoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using Zencaster and Audacity.